when St. Teresa of Calcutta was still a young nun, she felt called to serve God in a special way. In a letter to the Archbishop of Calcutta, she wrote, I have been and am very happy as a Loreto nun to leave that which I love and expose myself to new labors and sufferings which will be great, to be the laughing stock of so many, to cling to and choose deliberately the hard things of life, to loneliness and disgrace, to uncertainty, and all because Jesus wants it, because something is calling me to leave all, to live his life, and to do his work. Today's readings speak to us about being chosen by God. When we entered into intimate relationship and loving communion with God in our baptism, each of us was personally called to do his will. In the first reading, Isaiah's call begins with a feeling of great distance and absolute unworthiness to fulfill what God wants to do in his life. It is only after his sin is purged and he is filled with the Holy Spirit that Isaiah is able to see the road clearly in front of him and answer God's call to mission with confidence and joy. Here I am, send me. The key to responding faithfully when God calls us means that we must trust God enough to come before him and not be afraid to reveal and expose the deepest parts of who we are in reconciliation so that his love and mercy can bring forgiveness and healing in order for me to truly be the person who God created me to be. When we're afraid, we get stuck. And when we get stuck, we get comfortable. And when we get comfortable, we can't take our marriages, our careers, our faith, our relationships to that next level. If we are truly to be who God created us to be, we have to get uncomfortable. St. Paul understands this better than anyone. Like Paul on the road to Damascus, sometimes we need to be knocked down so that the Lord can raise us up. Sometimes God must humble us in order to exalt us. Being humble before God doesn't mean thinking less of ourselves. It means thinking of ourselves less. God uses our limitations and weaknesses to show forth his majesty so that we can stop making excuses. I'm single and raising three children. I'm retired and can't do much anymore. I'm just trying to survive until the next paycheck. I don't have a college education. I don't have time. I'm taking medication for clinical depression. What the Lord promised Paul, he also promises us. My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. It is when I'm weak, it is then that I am strong. Jesus enters Peter's life with a simple command. Go out into the deep. 
and lower your nets. Contrary to what his experience as a fisherman would tell him to do, Peter obeys the command. And when the absolute power and majesty of God is revealed, Peter, like Isaiah, and like us, wants to turn away. Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. When standing face to face with God's will, we realize our inadequacy and the deep chasm between God and us. Our sin keeps us afraid to move toward our Father in heaven. Yet, Peter obeys. This is not the blind obedience of servitude, but the obedience of faith, a spirit of faith in which the children of our Heavenly Father, with complete humility and generosity, revere, respect, and continually strive to discern and fulfill the will of God in and through the loving guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. It is precisely into the void, into the deep, into the unknown that Peter received his mission to be a fisher of men and where we receive our call to go and make disciples. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the Lord tells us, do not be afraid. Obedience is a free act of love on our part in which the mind and the heart submits to God's will in faith. Like Isaiah and Peter and Paul and Mother Teresa, it is when we use our free will to give ourselves fully and completely to God, when we are no longer blinded by the darkness of fear or selfishness or pride, that our minds and hearts are open to the light of truth that seeks to know and to do God's holy will. Mark Twain once said, the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Our why is listening to the voice of God and allowing that voice to change our lives because it is in giving ourselves away in love that we truly find ourselves in God. Amen. So I just want to say a few words about the upcoming mission, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. You know, a parish mission is kind of like a stop sign on the road of life. It's a time to take a pause for a few days and reflect upon how did I get here and where am I going? So for the next three days, we're going to reflect on three themes. Tomorrow night, Catholic families. There is no question or doubt that Catholic family life is under attack in our country, in our world today. Just like it was in Genesis 3, Satan's first target was to destroy covenant relationship with God through the family. And he's doing it today through atheism, abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, the so-called redefinition of marriage. Girls don't even know if they're boys. Boys don't know if they're girls. We're confused. How do you keep your kids Catholic in an environment like that? How about the pressures of balancing work and family and prayer? 
how do you do that today? We're going to talk all about that tomorrow. Then on Tuesday, go and make disciples. How do you effectively talk to people about Jesus and our Catholic faith? You know, sometimes we think in the church we have to program people to death. This program is going to fix everything. No, it's about building relationships. Especially, oh, with your kids who are away from the church. And you're scratching your head saying to yourself, I don't know what happened. They went to Mass every Sunday. They went to Catholic school. They got confirmed. And now they're 30-something, 40-something away from the church, not practicing their faith at all. And we're kicking ourselves going, what could I have done better? (laughs) How do you even have a conversation with your children to get them to come back to the faith? We're going to talk all about that on Tuesday. Then finally Wednesday, come Let us adore him. The incredible, awesome power of Eucharistic adoration. I'm telling you something right now. Eucharistic adoration is a game changer. Absolute game changer in your life. And I am living proof. I'm an immigrant to this country who grew up in New Jersey. And in the neighborhood I grew up in, statistically, I should be dead or in jail. Instead... I became the first person in the history of my family ever to go to college. Got an academic scholarship to Notre Dame. And after 23 years in law enforcement, 11 years as chief, I left my entire career and started speaking about Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. 200,000 miles a year, eight television series at EWTN, four best-selling books all over the world, talking about the richness and beauty and truth of our one holy Catholic apostolic faith. How does that happen? Well, we're going to talk about that and how God wants to do the same thing for you if we make ourselves vulnerable before him in the power of silence. And so I want to thank God and to thank you for the wonderful opportunity to be here with you this week. And I look forward to seeing you on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. God bless you.